0: Welcome to sports clips and politics with your hosts Ben Husong and me Sean Hannity. Welcome to episode twenty-three of Welcome Welcome to Sports. Thank you for joining us again another week here uh, at the show. Thank you, Thank you for Fan joining Fan us on. again. Just always a show how was your week? Anything exciting happened since the last time we talked? <laughs> 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 anything anything, anything of note? Anything that we should touch on here? I was uh, struggling for uh, topics of discussion here today at the show. And, uh, I mean, would, you, would you help us out?
1: Everything's so boring right now, and everything's totally normal, and everything's business as usual, and nothing crazy happening. Uh, so, and SU is good at football. Um, Sorry, was that too mean? Too far?
0: Uh, I mean, I think you stretched a little bit there. So we <laughs> still, I, I, so we have a president declared, President Biden was declared victor, um, was it Saturday? Sure. Um, I don't think it's over. Um, I'm assuming that the Trump presidency is going to exhaust all legal options and take it to the courts if need be. And I think if it enters the courts, it goes all the way to the Supreme Court. Sure. What's say I you think that's a fair assessment of a general sense? I mean, I'm not going to try to predict how this unfolds. Nope. I'm just saying that if it gets into the courts, I think it goes all the way to the Supreme court.
1: I would agree with that. I think that there is enough. I don't want to, I, I don't want to say this. Cause let me, let me start by saying it. I don't think that we're going to find out there was this massive widespread voter fraud and that they're going to come back and overturn the election. I, I don't, I don't think that's true, but I also freely acknowledge I have no real idea of how the inner workings of polling stations and software for counting ballots actually works. So I'm
0: not going to claim to be some type of expert on the subject. I'm just going to say it would be surprising. Yeah, I would I would tend to agree that it will be surprising. I, I've seen, I think, everything that has been... I mean, people send me stuff all the time, so I sure. feel like I have been exposed to every possible scenario. Um I don't see enough yet where I think, okay, this is the one thing that's going to undo the actual result. So um, yeah. at this point, I'm still assuming that the only way that Biden is not the president is if somehow the Supreme Court says so, um, and I have no idea how we get to that point. But They've that's the only, yeah, that's fraud. the only way that I could see the result actually being overturned. So, so let me just add on to that. Yeah. I
1: do think now at the same time, I don't, I don't expect that we're going to find massive voter fraud there are irregularities there are for sure. there's enough things that make you kind of go huh wait a minute that that doesn't add up and that doesn't that's weird and that's weird and i do think that most things will have a non nefarious explanation ultimately and i think for the most part it'll be bureaucratic incompetence is the number one fault of that i also am well aware i've been following and involved in politics long enough that i can tell you with 100% certainty every single election from the local race to the presidential election has some level of voter fraud. It happens in every case. It happens in every election. I like that people are shocked by that statement as if you didn't know politicians and the people behind the politicians are a little unethical and dirty. But the question is, does it rise to the level where it actually had a uh, where it changed the outcome of the election? And I think that's just a high bar to hit. But I do think I don't I don't blame the Trump camp and the trump supporters for wanting these questions answered i think to automatically just conclude that this was widespread fraud is way of an overreach right now unless new evidence comes in of which i just haven't seen yet
0: but i guess we'll find out yeah i I said i'm totally into trying to find out um i will continue to absorb all information given to me uh, and see what happens um Obviously, not a, you know, this is, a, a, I say, unprecedented times for sure, where we're basically, it took, a, I don't know, four or five days to even announce a, a president or call a president, and uh, we're still not sure. So, um, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, so I, I know we didn't really, I know we didn't plan on going into that right away because we, we wanted didn't. to touch on the sports. So let's go back to sports. Way to screw it up. Yeah, no, I know. I, I'm the the an amateur. The, uh, the NFL, week number nine. Week number nine. Governor Cuomo is all on your. He's. I think he's rocking the Bills jerseys. I think he bought a Josh Allen jersey for you.
1: Like we didn't have enough curses on this team already. <laughs> to take that jersey off. Stop it.
0: He's been pumping the Bills up quite a bit uh, the last few days. Did I was, he get to like releasing those nursing home data yet? Uh, not priorities. Did, did we find priorities? That? Oh no, we found out. What so we're... so back to NFL week week nine in the books. Uh, exciting week. Uh, a couple uh, pretty good matchups. Yep. Um, a couple interesting. Uh, outcomes i guess uh, i think the bills seahawks you know as far as my power ranking goes that was the only matchup of the power five so i flipped those this week that was a pretty convincing win i mean if i have you know last week i had the uh seahawks over the bills so i can't do that this week so i have the bills number three this week the top two remain the same the steelers eked out a win uh ugly win over the cowboys win is a win is garrett, a garrett Gib- gibson gilbert garrett gilbert Garrett gilbert i think that's right he played good. Um, <laughs> he. I still have the Steelers at number one, pulling out that victory. Like I said, three straight road wins. Um, I can't argue. I mean, 8-0, first time ever in their franchise history. I still have the Chiefs at uh, number two. They uh, came back. Eh, I don't know came back was right when I think the Panthers put up a little bit of a friskiness early on, and Chiefs held on and, and, and got that win. So I have them still number two. I have the Bills up to number three. The Buffalo Bills is number three. I you were listen, kind of, you doubted me last week that they were I, still in my top five. I, I don't think you realize the scarring that
1: I have from my long-term <laughs> relationship with the Buffalo Bills. Like They are the abusive partner. They keep saying they're going to change, and you see the promise, and then they come. I almost did a really inappropriate analogy. I'm okay. going to just stop it right yeah. there. Well,
0: I, back to what we think. I think we talked a little bit last week, maybe the week before, where the Bills' defense, I feel like, came to play against the Seahawks. I mean, I know they gave up some points there late, but I mean – they were annihilating Russell Wilson. I mean, there must he must have got hit. I don't All know, day. Two, two dozen times it felt like. He was getting rocked. So four turnovers by Russell Wilson too, which yeah, that doesn't very happen. Ever, ever ever happens. So I I have the Bills at number 3. I flipped them with the Seahawks. I moved yeah. the Seahawks to number 4. Um and I have the Ravens again rounding out my top 5. Uh again Lamar Jackson, they kind of I wouldn't say coasted to a win, but they played the Colts, and the Colts were understaffed or undermanned, and and uh, they, they held out. So uh, another week in the books in the NFL.
1: Can I take back my um, vote? to put the Buccaneers in the top
0: five? Uh, I, I mean, this is a like new week, so yes, happen? absolutely. <laughs> That's what happens every week, Mr. Houston. We get to readjust our with new information. We make new assessments, right? So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, not in the top five. I can say I was wrong. That was that was a bad call on my
1: part. I, I was starting to uh, really go into that and think, like, son of a gun, they're going to do it again, and Tom Brady and all that,
0: speaking of abusive relationships. So I, I didn't get to watch much of that game. Did uh, Antonio Brown make an appearance? He did.
1: Three catches – 30 yards or so mm. uh, was targeted and open on a very, I think it was like a 50 yard pass. That probably would have been a touchdown, but Tommy terrific under him got picked off. Mm. So it was uh, that close to having a
0: huge day. I mean, uh, I saw the score when I woke up and I was like, Oh, I can think I missed a good game there. And So <laughs> I don't feel like I missed out.
1: I didn't. Yeah. I didn't watch much of it because it was, uh, it got one sided quickly. By the time I had the time to tune into the game, it was already like
0: 31 to nothing. And <laughs> I'm not watching this. this so, is- so uh, the Jets didn't lose this week. Yeah, they're still the worst, though. Yeah, I mean it's hard to argue. I mean, it really, should just be a loser one, right? I mean, it's really just the Jets.
1: It's the Jets, and then it's like
0: whoever's yeah. going for the second yeah. pick, like the Giants. They got to win this week, right? They played the Redskins. The Redskins. Sorry, the footballs.
1: Yeah, well, the Washington football team.
0: My bad. They, uh, but they got another win. So they did. Um, They're still not good, and the reality is all that made me
1: do on my bottom five is add the Redskins because it's not going to take the Giants out. The Giants are still an abysmally bad football team. I don't know if that's proper English, but I'm going to stick with it because it sounded good. Um, I I do have the the Redskins are now in the bottom five. Footballs. God, I got to stop doing that. The Washington D.C. football team, get a name, please, because this is getting irritating. So the Washington, or or just
0: be mediocre. So we have to talk about the top five or the bottom five. Yeah, like disappear into the middle.
1: Get a little better, or or I guess just a little better. You can't get much worse. So the the Washington football team, and then the Jacksonville Jaguars are continuing to prove that they are in fact the dumpster fire that we feared they would be.
0: Yeah, but I mean their quarterback, you know, another another guy just off the bench. Kind of performed okay, not awful. Yeah, I mean, was in the game. They were in the game.
1: So I have a general rule of thumb on rookie quarterbacks. What do you do games of whenever you start? I don't really care about your first four. I want to know what happens when you play games five through ten, roughly, because then there's some film on you. Then people have your tendencies, and then oh, they yeah. can start to plan for you. Early on, you don't know what to plan for somebody because you haven't scouted them. So I'm not, I'm not sold on that. Uh, I still think the Jaguars are overall just not a good team. No, the defense um, is terrible. Yeah, it's it's just, God bless uh, Doug Peterson's trying to like, yeah, well, we're going to have to bench Gardner Minshew. like <laughs> Way to address the problem, Doug. Good job.
0: Yeah. Um, he, he was so banged up and hurt, I don't know that having this new guy in there couldn't have been much worse I guess so.
1: on a quick side note you know the story of Gardner Minshew in college right uh I don't know
0: refresh me all right so or for the those audience. of you who
1: don't know this story he was uh he was a red shirt freshman Ta- the two quarterbacks above him got hurt he got brought in to sub into a game so he I, I don't know the exact rules sounds here, like Lou Gehrig similar yes where <laughs> the, the Yankees first baseman just wanted a break and then 2,138 games later um Lou Gehrig retired but anyway so th- Gardner Minshew did not want to lose his eligibility, didn't want to lose a year of eligibility because he played in like two and a half games or whatever the rules were. So he knew that if they made him play, then he, he wouldn't get this red shirt. It would count as just his freshman season. And right. He'd only have three more years. So he took a bottle of Jack Daniels, like chugged some amount of Jack Daniels whiskey, took a hammer in his throwing hand put his non-throwing hand on the table and started bashing his hand with the hammer, trying to break his hand so he would lose eligibility and couldn't play in the game.
0: I mean, it's committed to the
1: cause. I love this dude. (laughs) He's so awesome. Like, this is the craziest story ever of like, all right, you're 18, 19 years old. Like, I don't want to lose a year.
0: Give me the hammer. How many people actually follow through on that? That's a commitment. Speaking of rookie quarterbacks. Yeah. What about, did you see Tua from Miami? He played pretty Last good. Last week, he didn't play good. This week, he did. This week, he had a couple touchdown passes. I mean, they won, right? I they didn't win? see him this week. I think week. the Dolphins won. I don't know. Again, he's only in week two, so to your uh, four-game theory, let's see what he looks like in uh, game five here. But Yes. But maybe. has made strides so far as uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick's uh, backup. I still think Fitzpatrick should go to Dallas. Yeah, makes total sense.
1: Speaking of which, they're the next team on the bottom five is the Dallas Ooh, Cowboys yeah, well, because they are better. a dumpster fire. Uh the Giants are still in the bottom five. I'm not sure where they fall in relation to the Cowboys and the Washington football team, but they're in there. Uh and then you have, of course, the uncontested, undisputed worst team in the NFL, the New York Jets. J E T S Jets Jets Jets. Yeah, they are just something else, man. This is I've seen bad football teams, but God love them.
0: Is it the they Trevor? Trevor is it the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes? I mean, so, is he odds on uh favorite for the uh first pick absolutely
1: uh, i think the i mean they're giving up
0: sam darnold and they're just going for a new they quarterback should not
1: be giving up on sam darnold i actually feel bad for sam darnold and all of this because since he got there he has not been that good all right his record's not good his stats aren't good i get that they have not won a football game without him under center since they drafted him
0: they <laughs> not one and they they have no skill position players i mean they're uh, james crowder's pretty good uh, right that's it if he was your third receiver, your slot guy who's coming over, the great. he'd be great. <laughs> he'd be
1: amazing. Instead, you have Frank Gore, who somehow at the age of 62 is still playing NFL football. And my hat is off to the guy. He played in he's Buffalo beast, last year. For sure, yeah. He's hysterical. Like, yeah. There's no way this guy should still be in the NFL. But somehow here he is. And he's yeah. played on every team almost now. I think he's he's taken the Ryan Fitzpatrick route. Just play for everybody. Yeah. I mean, um, if, as long as those checks keep cashing. Amen. And so it's just fun to watch him play. But. He can't be your number one answer. No, no. And now like I think the real problem with the Jets is Adam Gase. I think
0: that's become yeah, right. I think that's probably the answer is a uh, complete rebuild starting, you know, as far as high they want to go and uh, go from there. So at least the Jets have, uh, at least they can start just tuning into college football quarterbacks and uh, players and whatnot. And I don't know it is interesting to see what happens to Sam Darnold. I mean, he was so young. He's still young. Yeah. Um, Tons of talent, so sometimes it's just a new surrounding, new environment. So So you get rid of Adam Gase at the end of the year. I wouldn't bring in an
1: interim coach. I would let him take every one of these losses on his record because he deserves it. But you get rid of him at the end of the year, I think that's a given. And then what you do is, because you have Sam Darnold, you can look at signing him to a longer-term contract – at a very inexpensive rate compared to where he probably should be if he had been on a functioning organization with actual talent. Yeah, but would he
0: even do that? If I was him, I'd be like, I'm out of here.
1: Dude. I would be too. <laughs> Unless at that point you trade away the number one pick to somebody else for yeah. three first round draft sure. picks. Yeah, if and you're whatever you're still, else.
0: if you're, if you, if the new regime, let's assume there's a new regime in in, in the in the Jets uh, world. Yeah, if the new regime is in on Sam Darnold, which is a long reach just in general. Usually new, usually new regimes like to start fresh with new guys. right? Um, but if they still do see something in Sam Darnold or um, he can pro- win them over, then, yeah, you could package that first pick for multiple first-round picks uh, going into the future and kind of set yourself up uh, in a way like uh, the Cowboys did when they traded away Herschel Walker, right? So, yeah. So um, you can do it if <laughs> – if you have the guy pulling the strings or the girl pulling the strings at the top, that can actually make it work. Um, we'll see. But the Jets, it seems as though they're they're locked into that that first spot. So it's just a question of whether or not they're still invested in Darnold, and if they are, they have unlimited options. If if not, then you're going to try to trade Darnold. I'm assuming to mm-hmm. somebody who has like I'm going to use the Steelers as example. We use them once in the time. Who has an aging quarterback who right. would look to uh, kind of you know take a chance on a guy who was a stud. Or thought to be a stud, and then can just kind of make the seamless transition. So
1: you're not going to get much for for Sam. You get a lot more for the first pick than you would for Sam Darnold.
0: Yeah, I'm going to You know, I, I'm assuming the Jets aren't going to give him away, but you know, they're not going to get what they could have got in other in other circumstances for sure. So, right. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Well, Who's the Monday night game? Uh, the Jets take on the. I can't remember. Hang yeah. on. Who are they losing to? <laughs> You're so mean. I'm sorry. That's okay. But unless you're uh, into fantasy or wagering, this game probably means really little to most people here. So, yeah, um, I would agree with that statement. But do you know what matters to most people, whether or not you're even a a, a sports fan, um, a golf fan? It's the Masters, right? Oh, yeah. the Masters. It's Masters matters. week. I know it's... Oh, they play New England, by the way. Okay. <laughs> the Masters... A Starts this Thursday,
1: unlike any other.
0: Uh, this was this this is different than most others. Uh, we got a fall masters, which is obviously some of the allure of Augusta National is the trees and grass, right? I mean, it's the 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 picturesque uh, painting that looks like the grounds of 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 Augusta National, and they're going to be a little different this year. Normally, we play them in you know mid spring, early spring. Um, in April, and now we're going to play in mid-November. So we have some—I uh, don't know—the course is going to look quite different. Let's just say I, I pulled up some uh, some went to the Masters website and pulled up some pictures. So I'm going to show you some of the, the tree lines here. You can see that obviously the the leaves are changing. Um, you'll see that there's uh, not quite the same type of, uh, um, I don't know, ambiance. Yeah, I mean it's just it's just going to be different. So. Um, I'm not sure if you guys are seeing those or not. Cause it doesn't look like you are or not. But well, then um, this is a really riveting session. Yeah, no, it's terrible. Right but but <laughs> here here we are again. Oh no, you could see it. It was there. You guys could see it. Let me pull it back up again so you guys can look at it. See how we're amateurs here. Well, look at us. What's this? We.
1: I'm doing my job great today. I, I can't speak for you. See,
0: you can see that some of the uh, the the not not everything. I mean, obviously the grass is still green. They're still giving it everything, all the nutrients and stuff they need. But you can see some of the background, the trees. Starting to lose their colors, um, you know. It's just a, It's just going to be a different feel, a different look. Um, I don't know. I'm super still excited about it. I, you know, the Masters is great. Um, you know, I expect nothing but, but just riveting moments as I every time I watch the Masters. Uh, you know, I think Bryson's probably the odds-on favorite again. Um, you know, but the, the the grouping at the top is so good. I mean, any of these guys could win. The uh, the you know John Rahm. Um for uh, sure uh Rory uh you know, I know he hasn't played well, but he's always a, a Justin Thomas I mean these guys the the, the group, top of the group all these guys get win. I think that Bryson's got to be the odds on favorite um he's kind of geared and kind of admittedly geared his whole game to win at the masters and here for we are sure. and he's gonna bomb and gouge and try to get there as far as he can and you know his putting game's good so it's a place where you can just kind of let it go and he lets it go better than everybody else. Uh, No disagreement
1: whatsoever for all of you like non golf nerds out there that are trying to follow what the hell we're talking about. The thing that is most alluring about Augusta National, where the golf court, where the golf is played for the master's tournament is it is one of the most pristine areas of the entire country, even by the ridiculous standards, the golf courses are held to for how pretty something should be. And usually in April, the azaleas are blooming. Everything is perfect for conditions, which is why the tournament is normally played in April. Uh, this year, obviously, with all the restrictions, they had to move it back. Uh, how big of an impact? Probably not a huge impact on the actual golf, but on the visuals, it'll be very different. Um, as far as the field, listen, golf golf's almost never been more competitive than it is right now. With, with how many truly great players are competing week in and week out, it's fun to watch. I expect this week to be no different. I, I don't have a good prediction for you because I, I i don't i just have a standing bet with a buddy of mine where we each get to pick four golfers like we draft and then uh the loser has to pay for the round of golf for a wit for the winner and we've had a pretty good back and forth on that of, as far as winning and losing goes but i, I got nothing else I'm, i don't know who i'm gonna draft yet
0: i should probably make that decision before thursday yeah i'm i'm always a stars and scrubs guy with my, my draft kings lineup so i'll be going right to the top with Bryson and trying to pair him with some other guy at the top and then going all the way to the bottom and trying to find some cheap guys that can get through. Um, You know, it's a very small field, very small field. A lot of the bottom guys, the, uh, you know, the Sandy Lyles of the world are are not going to make the cuts. Uh, So there's a a group of guys you can just kind of remove from the, from consideration. So the
1: funniest thing about the masters golf tournament to me, and I think, and, and this is,
0: I don't know why it's funny.
1: John Daly has to be invited every year. And that makes my whole day.
0: So you get exemptions. When you win majors, you get exemptions. And, and he
1: won it, so they have to invite him back yeah, he didn't win the Masters. Year. He won the... I thought he won the Masters. No, he,
0: he won evolve. the British Open and the PGA, I believe. Okay. I, think he won, I think he has I two bet. majors.
1: But either way, this dude rocking, like, the Zumba pants and smoking two and a half packs of cigarettes during yeah, on, his round.
0: Yeah, Angel is out, so he was another guy oh. who kind of kind of like it's a character mad. to watch the, the game. but
1: And then the other one is Jimenez. I, I'm i not kidding you. That dude is my role model. I love that guy. Yeah,
0: he's usually rocking a cigar. I'm not sure if he's in the field or not. I didn't see his name. I like guess he probably did. I don't
1: think I could pull off a ponytail
0: to the extent that he
1: does. He's like the fourth
0: most interesting man in the world.
1: I, he has to be. Like The guy just literally walks around drinking wine, smoking cigars, and playing golf.
0: You've seen, you seen his stretching routines, yes? No. Oh, yeah. Look those up. I'm not going to pull this up now for the audience. Thank you. But... They're, they're they're quite uh, riveting, is, is stretching.
1: A stretching routine yes. that is riveting.
0: With a cigar in his mouth the whole time. All
1: right, we're going to go to a dark place here. We need to switch topics really <laughs> quickly before we start making
0: some Um I do want to switch topics, actually, a little bit back to what we started with and uh, back to President Biden. Sure. Um, only because I kind of wanted to pull up some of the States that were still in question, but I kind of wanted to see how this was going to the, the, the the change in president, how you think that will impact us here in New York. Um, I think it's pretty well known that Biden and Cuomo are chummy at at best, um, at worst, I guess. Um, you know, he's been asked and I feel like has turned down positions on his cabinet. So they're, they're clearly in, in, in the same circles and, and, and are in communication with each other quite, quite regularly. Mm -hmm. Um, how do you think that change? If this, if we are accepting uh, the, the the results, and I think we both kind of think that this is where we're going to be. Yeah. How does Biden presidency help New York? Help quote unquote help New York um, and us people living in New York? Do you think? So I think in
1: the short run it would be very beneficial for the people of New York, because I think that a state bailout is almost a given with Joe Biden in the presidency. I think every state will get a bailout for however much money they need because of the economic effects of COVID. I also think you'll get another stimulus check, but I think you're going to get that regardless of who won the presidency and potentially an extension of the uh, PPP loans to the areas that are still most affected. Um, I think that would actually be a good thing for uh for the short run. It, I don't, you know, we've we've discussed this before on whether it's fair to ask a federal taxpayer in Idaho to fund uh our recovery here in New York right. is a is an interesting discussion, but I think this is what you're going to see is you'll see more um more covid relief, more state bailouts and um I but I also think you're going to see a um, an increase in restrictions, which I think is going to be the really bad thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think some of this is going to depend on how Cuomo wants to play this idea that there's uh, you know, this vaccine coming now. Um, you know, what, what, what does he, what, how does he want to use that information? Clearly in his press conference today, he was not confident in the federal rollout of a vaccine, which is if that's the case and he allows, you know, the vaccine to be delayed here in New York, that right. kind of, keeps him in charge a little longer, uh, kind of keeps the the, yep. the need for a quote-unquote leader at the top of the uh, food chain here telling us how to live our lives. Because I don't know if you remember, he was telling us how to have conversations in our house during that press conference earlier today. So.
1: Yeah, I, I caught that part. It's <laughs> it's just depressing to listen to this guy talk. Uh, here's what I do think. Uh, I, I think you can expect, uh, if not a mandated lockdown nationwide, at least encouraging lockdowns amongst the states. Uh, mask mandate seems at least I would go with probable, if not guaranteed. Um, and I think you're going to see an encouragement of the non-pharmaceutical interventions into trying to quell the COVID-19. I, I'm i a pandemic, if we can put air quotes on the word pandemic, I don't think it's still a pandemic at this point. I think it's fallen below that threshold now. Um, I think that the reason I sound so... Did, disappointed or upset about that is quite simple of we have data from all over the world that shows none of these non-pharmaceutical interventions have had any effect whatsoever on the spread of COVID-19 they don't help they they are they come at great cost and great harm to people uh, economically health-wise mental health-wise and yet we keep going back to these I mean this is this is insanity and here we go again and and
0: yeah, do you, want, do you want to we wanna to touch on Cuomo's press conference today a little bit? Real yeah, quickly. I mean just
1: one more thing on on Biden. It's a, all right, you're gonna shut everything down so nobody can go make their money. Restaurants are gonna go out of business. The more every day that these restrictions go on in 50% capacity is not open for business for a restaurant. It's bleeding and hoping that you can outlast the bleeding. The longer these goes on, the more businesses go under. The more the more mom and pop businesses, the more small businesses are gonna utterly collapse. I saw the stock market today. I know it's raring, and, and listen, we can get into a very detailed discussion as to why it has much more to do with the vaccine than it does the presidential election. Um, I I worry that you're going to see this, and then it's going to be a more government money spent, more bailout money, more this, more that, less people working. And when that happens, it... it generally doesn't lead to positive outcomes it's it's going to get worse and the national that's going to get worse the it's already to a point that you can't pay it down and all we're going to do is just add gasoline to the
0: fire yeah, it becomes point. almost it's hard to talk about when the numbers are so big i mean it's Twenty-seven, and then know.
1: twelve zeros after the twenty-seven. That's how much debt we're in as a nation. Right? Yeah. So, and this to be clear, I don't think Trump was going to solve the national debt. Oh, no. like neither one of them. No, he added to it, it too. It, right? He added to it. Oh all God, through, yeah, right. He, so, he, he added so much to it in right. the name of of coronavirus. Right.
0: So there's there's no such thing as you know small government politicians anymore. No, they, so, they lost. They're 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 a very very small select few. So, but anyway, back to so we, to we, we, We'll see what how we'll see how the the President Biden affects New York. Um, but right now, Governor Cuomo is out saying uh, <clears throat> microcluster, microcluster, microcluster. And here we are, Onondaga County. We were one of the uh, prize winners today. We were received a microcluster award from the governor. And uh, I'm assuming only because they were uh, plant those uh, Syracuse and Cicero, two areas that were uh, hinted at in earlier publications about areas where there might be additional lockdowns. Um, or restrictions, or whatever you want to call them. But we are now, parts of Onondaga are going to now enter something called the yellow zone. Yep. The yellow zone, there's a yellow zone, an orange zone, and a red zone.
1: Is this like terror threat levels?
0: Exactly what it is. It's how to scare the crap out of you by color code. So we're going to, we're jumped into yellow, which governor made sure was not red. He said it was yellow. This is not red. So thank him for that clarification. Thank God. Um, What? Yeah he's uh we weren't alone uh erie county and monroe county also got prizes for microcluster award winning uh numbers um let me give you a little bit of a breakdown of what happens in a yellow okay. um there is uh information that is uh eh, it's not showing up guys what the hell i'm just terrible i'm gonna read it to you so yellow zone what comes in a yellow zone House of Worship, limited to 50% of their total capacity, the same as they are now. So no change there. Mass gatherings, limited to 25 people indoors and outdoors, down from 50. So now we're down to 25 people uh, indoors and outdoors, gatherings, no more 50-people parties. Now 25. Businesses can remain open, thank you. Um, Indoor and outdoor dining, limited to a maximum of four people per table, Down from 10. So before you used to have uh, nine of your closest friends. Now you can only have three of your closest friends and family to dinner. I have six people in my family. Uh, You must stay home. (laughs) Schools remain open but must compete uh, or complete mandatory testing for students, teachers, staff, and in-person buildings. Um, One more thing I wanted to add out here. We talked about this. Homo also said bars and restaurants will be required to close at midnight. So is it safer after midnight? It's like gremlins. Oh, cool. So you didn't know that. Do we add water too? And do they, <laughs> yeah, that's why that's you gotta be crazy. home by midnight. Cause when you add so, water to the virus, be prepared midnight. for new dining rules as you navigate the world of eating out again. Um, who knows where these are going to go? I, you know, we're, I don't know. I'm assuming there are specific uh, determinants that are deciding what color code and what zone we're going into. Um and I'm sure the governor has outlined them for him, but I've been really bored listening to his conferences and now I don't pay attention to him anywhere nearly as much detail as I used to because he just blabbers on. So now it's basically his own podcast. He's got his basically his own podcast himself mm-hmm. every single day where he just comes on and we all just tune in like idiots. I mean, speak for yourself. That's I, true. I don't tune in
1: anymore. I just read it afterwards, and then if something strikes me as particularly stupid, I look at it. So the, a couple of things strike me as particularly stupid this time around. Stupid's the wrong word. No, it's not. It's the perfect word. So he's taking credit for this micro-cluster approach, and he's bragging about how in Orange County, they went from like a 14 or a 12% positivity rate the on The whack-a-mole. COVID.
0: The whack a mole plan. The whack a mole plan. Yes, very, that's very the actual high-tech. technical term. That's the governor's term.
1: So they went from twelve percent down to two percent, and he's saying, "Well, that's because we came in and enforced, and we we put restrictions on, and we we interrupted people's lives and and moving around, and therefore we saved lives." It's it's not you. I, I'm not saying it's it's false, but you definitely can't claim that's true. You there is no way to claim uh causation for that because just as likely the New York Times even ran an article on this on November second when they went from thirty four percent down to ten percent positivity rate in Orange County, which was their fear and, and there's data to back this up is a large reason for the positivity drop is because the local officials, the local leaders have all gone to their people and said, if you're sick for the love of God, don't get tested if you have any symptoms do not and some people just said and listen I, I fall into this camp and i don't know if this is right wrong or indifferent but it's it's where i'm at if i had symptoms and they said we want to give you a covid test i would refuse i would say no i don't want you to test me if i have i'll quarantine as if i have it I'll, I'll i'll act as though i have it and everything else i don't want the 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 new york state department of health chasing me around and telling me and yelling at me i don't need that in my life i don't need you i'm sorry but if i don't feel well i'm not going to get a covid test i'll assume i have covid and i'll stay home I'm not going to get a test, and I know a lot of people that feel the same way of I don't want the government this involved in my health care or in my life. I, I don't. I have some desire for privacy still in my day-to-day life, and my health care being one
0: of the biggest things. You're not doing anything do. wrong.
1: Why do you need privacy? I know. It's, it's because I'm secretly a, like a super spreader trying to bring down the death and destruction with COVID-19. What
0: about, was there a super spreader event at Notre Dame yesterday when they beat Clemson?
1: uh there might have been yes but it depends on how many of them were there to protest versus how many were there to celebrate what if they were just
0: protesting clemson tigers i don't know if that counts save the whales i'll have to check with dr fauci on that one and get back to him um what about the biden celebrations across were there super spreader events apparently not apparently those were okay Okay, just checking. I'm, just trying, to, I'm just trying to get clarity. I can't keep up either. You're my, you're my lifeline. It is what it
1: is. So like, there's so many different factors that go into a positivity rate dropping. And one of them is if you know, and this is the same thing that you and I have discussed, it's a rule of economics. If you want more of something, subsidize it. If you want less of something, tax it. Punish it. So when you have positivity rates be the determinant on how much enforcement you're going to have from our micromanager chief executive of New York State, you're going to want to do whatever you can to get out of that. So if that means that you're not doing anything illegal, but if you're basically saying like, Hey, and it wasn't necessarily elected leaders. Like in Orange County, there's a very large uh, Orthodox Jewish community. And it was the community leaders that came in and said, Hey, stop. And this was a big thing where they knew that the, even with all these rules of like, you can't have your schools open anymore. The schools were still open. And then they went and claimed victory anyway. Like, You've set this all up so that no matter what happens, you get to claim that you won. There's no way to falsify any of this. You're just claiming victory no matter what actually happens. And it doesn't make sense. So now we're yellow, and now we have travel restrictions. And just to come to New York State, you need to have a negative COVID-19 test. Just to answer the state, or else you have to quarantine for Show two me weeks. your papers. Show. And they have National Guard soldiers standing in the airport asking people of this. I told every person that, I listen, if it was me, exactly what I would do is I would come back in if they said... Uh, do you have a negative COVID test? I'd be like, no, I'm negative for COVID. I have no symptoms, I'm perfectly fine. But when we need to see a negative COVID test, I would actually just say, Am I being detained right now? Am I being blocked from going where I want to go? Am I being legally detained by you right now? And if so, under what cause? But are you turning into a libertarian right on the air right now? I, I don't listen, <laughs> th- I'm not all the way to a libertarian. I just believe in some level of civil liberties. And if there was an actual justifiable reason for this, I would be on board. There's not. Like, remember what the point of all of these restrictions were? Remember what it was, guys? It was 15 days to flatten the curve. It was not interrupt your life until we have a vaccine. It was not shut down your economy until we have some way of vaccinating the entire population. It was never that. It was we need to just suppress activity for two weeks so that we can avoid overwhelming the healthcare system and not cause untold number of deaths because the doctors, nurses, and first responders are so overwhelmed with COVID that they can't take care of anybody else. And that made total sense. We are now 10 months Eight months. We are now eight months into this pandemic. Of all these restrictions are still here. Are they modified? Sure. Are some been lifted? Sure. But for the most part, it's impacting every part of our life. And the reality is, okay, we're yellow now because our case rate positivity is two percent. Never mind the fact that the PCR tests are. In te- I shouldn't say intentionally. A known byproduct of how we do PCR testing is false positives, and a gr- in a high number of them. We know that. Not. not it's not really a debatable point. It's just true. So that aside, we have a 2% positivity rate, which even by CDC and World Health, World Health Organization standpoints is perfectly acceptable. There's nothing to be concerned about. The bigger issue for me is, is the healthcare system in danger of being overwhelmed? That's the question. If, because that's why we do these things. We don't do these things to avoid anybody ever getting COVID. It is a virus. A virus will spread. We have 100 years of epidemiological research all concluding, Don't lock down to try to prevent a virus. It will not work, and the costs, both economically and in terms of human life, would be entirely too high to justify what little benefit you get, because at best, it's a stall, which is what you're seeing in Germany and France right now, is they've locked down, had masks on all of these things, and now they're going back into it again because all they did was delay the virus spreading. So knowing that what we're supposed to do is not overwhelm the health system, Onondaga County currently, this was as of Friday. I have not updated the numbers as of today, so bear with me. Onondaga County, normal operating-wise, has 1,800 hospital beds available, not counting emergency use, not counting what they could make available if they needed to. That's just your normal, everyday 1,800 beds are available. I don't know how many COVID patients we have in Onondaga County as of Friday. Uh, Give me a guess because this is our concern here.
0: Well, I'm going to guess really low because I don't think it's a concern, right? So I'm going to say... Two? 49. 49. That was my first guess, actually.
1: So we have 49 patients. Now, keep in mind, that doesn't mean people that are hospitalized because of COVID. That means 49 people in hospitals who tested positive for COVID. So if you broke your ankle, went to the hospital, tested positive for COVID, had no symptoms whatsoever, you count in those 49 people. So I don't know how many people are actually symptomatic and they're due to COVID because why would we want that information? We don't want to break it down that far. That'd be crazy.
0: Maybe they would, that would, those are the only ones who are actually stressing the system, right? And that's what you we were trying to point out to. And right. If that number is so small... What are we doing?
1: What are we doing is the question. You're talking about such a small number of the overall cases that it's hard to fathom that we're in any day. Now, normal hospital capacity, just to keep the doors open and stay profitable, want to run at about 90% capacity. That is a normal hospital function. So right now, COVID patients are occupying 2%, 3% at most. In reality, it's probably closer to 1.5% when you take out the other ones. This is not a danger of overwhelming the healthcare system. This is madness. We have lost all common sense in the name of safety. And and the media is not helping. And even the the CDC and all these other entities that come out with all of these absurd studies and regulations that are all framed in a way to scare the crap out of you. They're all framed in worst case scenario. They all cover up what is good information. Anything that could be mitigating or make you feel more comfortable, it gets no airtime whatsoever. I'm going to go through a few things. Or they distort it. Or they distort it. So we'll get to the distorted one in a minute. But first, here's a few things that we know. And when I say we know, I listen, nothing in this world is symptom. But based on all of the available data, for these things to be untrue, we would have to get not just slightly different data in now, but markedly in the opposite direction of what we're currently getting across all these studies. Number one is somewhere between twenty and sixty percent of the population already has pre-existing T cell immunity to COVID nineteen. What that means is somewhere between twenty and sixty percent of people never got COVID, could never get COVID, already have immunity to it, and could never get sick by it. Was anybody aware of that? Because everybody I ask has no idea that's a thing. Five studies across five different countries all reach the same conclusion. The only question is how many. Another one is now it, it's looking. About the same level. After six months, you heard about how the uh, the antibodies are going away. Antibodies are going away. Well, first off, across the entire world, which has you know a few people in it, a, a couple, maybe maybe seven billion, I think is the is the overall number. The number. Roughly five people have gotten COVID nineteen twice. Five. Five. Five.
0: And and, and if you just took the, and if you, I mean, 7 billion is quite a number. And if you just took the, you know, the, the, the CDC taking uh, their, their estimate of how many people actually had it, something like 350 million people have had this. And you're still talking about five people, right? right? So like, no matter what measure you're comparing five to, it's still five.
1: Right, and this is okay. Fine, that's that's a thing, sure. But what that should indicate to you is that it's exceedingly rare. Like this is the these are the people that get chickenpox twice. This is yeah, it happens, but it's not something that we make public policy decisions based around because it is so rare that to do so would defy reason. The other one is, kids do not spread this virus effectively whatsoever. There is no known documented case, no confirmed documented case of a child spreading this virus to another person. None. Anywhere in the world. Now, could it maybe happen? Sure. But it's overwhelmingly unlikely. This is why we've discussed this point before. Teachers that are in school districts that are completely remote, not one student is in the building, and teachers in school districts that are fully reopened five days a week dealing with kids have the exact same infection rate of COVID-19. It's not the kids. There is no good reason that schools are closed i'll go back to germany and france again germany and france are going back into lockdowns right now as we're speaking they're going back into lockdowns you know what they're doing with their schools keeping them open not one thing schools stay open they stayed open the entire time this school year they didn't shut them back down and it wasn't even a thought in germany the kids aren't even wearing masks unless they're in a hallway once they sit at their desk the masks come off what are we doing here the opposite right because science So looking at all of these things together of, this doesn't make sense. Why don't people know this? Why is when I tell this to somebody, they look at me like I'm Alex Jones spouting some theory about interdimensional childhood. We have the documents. Right. Like, I, I don't know what to tell you. This is what the science actually says, is that, let's call it as a happy medium, half the people in this country can't get COVID. Half the people in the world, because it's so closely related to previous coronaviruses, your body, in its infinite and immaculate wisdom, has already developed antibodies. And not just antibodies, T-cell immunity, like permanent, very long-lasting immunity to this. You can't get it. Half. At minimum, one out of five. At bare minimum, it's one out of five. So you're telling me that why don't we know this? That's good news. Same with the kids. And here's the other thing. In America, at least, now, we measure COVID deaths. Generously, let's, just, let's call that what it is. If you die with COVID, it doesn't matter if a car accident was the cause of your death. You count as a COVID death because, again, why would we want that specific of information? What would that possibly help? Even when you look at that, at least 45% of all deaths that have come in America with COVID-19 have happened in nursing homes. Nursing homes account for less than 1% of the entire U.S. population and are responsible for probably, once New York State and Michigan actually divulge their real nursing home data, my guess is it'll be half. Half the deaths in our country are coming from a population that has a life expectancy of less than a year. I'm not saying these lives don't matter. Please understand. What I'm saying is that the economic ramifications of what we are doing to prevent this from happening is killing and ending lives of people that have far longer to go. Economics is a very disgusting study, and it's a very disturbing science because you have to make these decisions. You have to decide, okay, well, if we didn't let anybody drive, we would never have anybody die in a car accident ever again. Yeah, that'd be safer, but we don't do it. If we banned all alcohol and all drugs, it would make fewer people die from those related incidents. But we don't do it. If we banned all fast food and soda, fewer people would die from diabetes and heart disease. But we don't do it. Because at some level, there has to be a balance. And all of these things we're doing with lockdowns and mask mandates and business closures and all of it is having no measurable impact on the spread of COVID-19 but it is causing very real damage and very real harm to millions of people we will never recover from this this is too far gone now that ah, the government's going to throw money at us great do you think that 27 trillion dollars of debt is a sustainable number when we bring in three trillion dollars a year total tax revenue and budget to spend four like this is how our government budgets and now we're going to bring all this other stuff in I I don't. I don't know what to do with all this information. Short run, yeah, no, it'll boost everything. In the long run, where are we going to get the money to pay any of this back?
0: Yeah, there, there's, there's not enough money ever been in existence to pay it back. So it'll never get paid back. I'm not sure they're going to try to inflate their way out of it like they always do, and we'll see where that lasts. I mean, uh, every
1: other country that's ever tried it did, did not go well. Absolutely. Maybe we'll be the exception. Maybe we've got it right this time. We'll see. Um,
0: I, I will say though, uh, unless you want to. One more,
1: yeah. one more, let's talk about how you're being not lied to, but how these entities, these uh, media organizations and healthcare organizations, the CDC, the uh, all of these companies are presenting data to you to scare you. And the reasoning is quite simple. It's if you want people, excuse me, to read your stuff, click on your stuff and get guest appearances and pay advertisers, they need people to come and read it. And fear sells. If you, there's two ways to motivate a human being. Prospect for gain and avoiding harm, and avoiding the stick, Carrot a stick, and avoiding harm is exponentially greater motivation for people than the prospect for gain. So I was I was messing around online today because I have no life any longer. Apparently, like I miss having hobbies that are we normal. Um, but the CDC just came out with something that said uh, pregnant women are at a seventy percent greater risk of of dying with COVID-19 versus not having COVID-19. Well, that's not good. And that struck me as odd because I've seen data on this before that basically said there's no real indication that this has a huge impact on pregnancy. So I thought, well, interesting. Let's let's look at it because, again, it's right there, and it took me 20 minutes of my time to actually look up these numbers. So technically that is right. Now, a couple of, let's call them, problems with the data number one it measured age 15 to 44 females age 15 to 44 back from January all the way through October the first few months of this pandemic we were mistreating people we were putting everybody on a ventilator it turned out that was basically a death sentence for somebody with COVID-19 we didn't know that at the time we learned that and we don't do that much any longer uh same with ECMO which is a way of taking the blood out of your body filtering it through to so your heart basically doesn't need to pump and then comes back into your body and We were doing that more often than we should have been. We didn't fully grasp it. And this is what happens with any new disease. You learn and you get better at it. So never mind the fact that they're collecting this data back in January and February or what they're counting as COVID when back in January, I'm going to assume they included a bunch of presumed COVIDs in there. So if you break down all the numbers, a woman age 15 to 44 who is pregnant has a mortality rate. Well, out of all of the women who get there, your chances of dying as a pregnant woman in that age group is about 0.12%. Okay? It seems low. 0. 0.12. Your chances of dying with COVID are 0. 0.15. That's your 70% more likelihood of death. 0. 0.12 to 0. 0.15. I I looked through the data. It's 1.5 per 1,000 versus 1000. 1, so... What is the point of that other than to scare you? Yeah, why would
0: they even write the article? Right, right. it like, did not need to be written. No,
1: None of this needed to be said because it's it's so negligible that it's likely within the margin of error. And also, almost all of the discrepancy comes with women age 35 to 44. 15 to 24 has no difference whatsoever. 24 to 35 is a very slight difference. And for those of you that don't know, I, I don't know why I know this, but women age 35 to 44 who become pregnant are considered at-risk pregnancies to begin with. That's already what we know. So you took women that were in the highest risk category already of having complications or death resulting from pregnancy, and yeah, I guess COVID-19 being a factor in that would, would make sense. But to call that a 70% increase in likelihood, well, sure, it's accurate, is very misleading. It makes you think like, holy, sh- what am I ever going to do about it? And then if I explain it to you two ways, if I said, listen, if you get pregnant, and you get COVID, you have a 70% greater chance of dying, you're scared. If I tell you, hey, look, if you get pregnant and you get COVID, you got about a uh, 0.03% increased chance of passing away. Both statements are true.
0: Right, yeah. One gets one generates uh, traffic, one doesn't. So um, they're always going to create the headline that's going to generate the clicks and the traffic right. and try to scare the crap out of people. So, so
1: um, I'm, I'm begging you, when you see something like that, Go and look at the numbers because everything is being framed to you in a way to give you a message. It's what it is. Yeah, except
0: most people don't even get past the headline, let alone read the article, right? They just read the headline and move on. So Yes.
1: And then when I explain or I try to talk to people about this, I always get that look of like, Oh, you're like a, a COVID denier? Like, no, I am not a COVID denier. It's very real. It's very scary, particularly if you are over the age of 70, have diabetes, high blood pressure, uh, cardiovascular disease, or one or two other diseases. If you are there, you should absolutely take every precaution known to man, protect yourself, isolate whenever it's possible, and be very, very vigilant. If you are under the age of 50 and in anything resembling good health, this is not something that should be deterring, determining how you live your life. Yes, you can pass away. I am aware that younger people have died from COVID. I I know. Just like younger people get hit by cars walking across the street randomly. It doesn't mean you should plan your life around it. There are lightning bolts that come. Every now and then the odds don't go in your favor. But that doesn't mean we should plan our entire... I'm not going to not go outside because I might get hit by a car. And any more than I think that we should do this. Don't go spit on people. Don't go lick doorknobs. Don't stick your tongue in people's ears or anything. Like, obviously, be somewhat reasonable. Wash your hands. Practice good hygiene. Even keep socially distanced. And if you're at all sick, stay home. Yeah, not, that's it, the biggest one. If you're sick, stay home. Oh, God. This is, this is maddening. And, and asymptomatic spread. Everybody wants to talk about it. Like, it's so common. It's not. Super rare. Right. It just doesn't happen that often. It's, it, it can happen. Again, I'm not arguing that. But when you sell somebody like, well, asymptomatic spread seems to be on the rise that you immediately your mind just goes to like, oh, shoot, that's really bad. What you're not aware of is like, oh, it's still not
0: really even like one or two percent of of all cases.
1: Oh, that's okay. That's cool.
0: Yeah. We seem to be making, you know, life shattering. It's if if, at least if not life altering, whatever decisions, policies, uh, orders, restrictions, all these things on such minuscule amounts of uh of, of risk. And, you know, I, we've mentioned this for weeks now. I, I don't see the way out. I don't um, we're past the election now. So that's kind of been uh, some kind of unofficial, hey, COVID's going to end on the election day. Um, we'll see how this materializes going forward. Um, now that the vaccine, I'm sure the president probably would have been happy if Pfizer announced that maybe a week ago that they had a vaccine. Maybe what do you think. <laughs> Maybe. Um, we'll see how that goes. Um, I, I want to touch back real quick before we, we get out of here. Um, you were touching on the amount of money that we may need to bail out states, and municipalities and how that's going to add to our debt. And I had mentioned something about <clears throat> excuse me, how uh, they just always inflate their way out of it. The one thing that has been uh, very receptive to a uh, Biden president has been Bitcoin. And cryptocurrencies uh, of the uh, other alike, yeah. Um, Bitcoin went back up about 15,000 first time since I feel like 2016 maybe. Um, I don't know. This has kind of been going straight up for about a month here. Uh, I feel like there's been, let's see, I can look real quick here, about a 40% increase over the last month. And most of that has happened in the last three weeks. Um, I'm not sure there's a direct correlation with uh, uh, Biden- Uh, a Biden presidency uh, uh, direct there, but um, (laughs) I don't expect there to be some tightening of the budget either. So like the, the, the fundamentals that you would want for a Bitcoin success, which would be increased money printing is going to be in, you know, full gear. So um, we'll see, like I said, if they continue to try to bail out more of these, uh, uh, States and municipalities, and they borrow more money. I can't see a reason why Bitcoin would do anything but continue to go up.
1: I think people don't don't fully grasp inflation and how that actually factors in all of this because ultimately money has no intrinsic value outside of what we have agreed that it's worth, and it's but it's backed by nothing other than the full faith and credit of the United States government so this is when we talk about anything from government spending to raising the minimum wage to Free housing or universal basic income, whatever it is. Okay, good. Now here's the flip side, though. If if you if we raise the minimum wage to fifteen dollars per hour for every person, number one, it's going to cause a drop in employment because you can only afford to pay somebody so much money. Number two, I shouldn't say it that way because somebody is only worth so much money to the to the business. That's right. Numbers. They can only
0: bring so much value,
1: right? And that's there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're right. 16 years old and working at an ice cream shop, I'm sorry, but you're not worth fifteen dollars an hour. It's you're not providing that kind of value.
0: Have you been doing research into ice cream shop employees? I
1: mean, I've been looking into a lot of oh, different okay. stuff lately. Admittedly, so at this point, it's a it's the question of now everything goes up to fifteen dollars, and now a loaf of bread doesn't cost a dollar anymore. It costs a dollar fifteen, and the uh, housing doesn't cost. a month anymore now it costs $700 a month and all of these things that that get more expensive because that it raises up with the inflation and we never talk about that we just think like well look everybody's making more money that's good sure but wouldn't it be just the same exact thing if you were making five dollars an hour but you could buy the same amount of stuff like your housing wasn't a thousand dollars a month it was 300 then wouldn't that be right that's
0: why I mean you know for, for me, who's been paying attention for a little while, that's why prices go up. It's not just because they're just arbitrarily like, oh, this is a good price to sell uh, a can of whatever at. This is because prices have moved up. The cost of doing business has gone up. And when you pay that employee an extra 15 or whatever the, the, the wages, that doesn't get absorbed by the cost of the business. It gets transferred into the price. So, um, the cost of living has plummeted ever since we decoupled from the gold standard in the 71, I think it was with Nixon. So, um, the purchasing power of our dollar has continued to plummet. And I, there's a direct correlation with, uh, with, uh, alternatives. So gold, uh, precious metals in general and, uh, cryptocurrencies. And those are hedges to inflation. Those are hedges against the dollar. Um, again, I don't, as you point out the full, uh, force of the u.s government is quite a force to back your money with so i don't expect the u.s dollar to be going away anytime soon but it's not lost on people that it's purchasing power is diminishing and it's becoming less and less pretty much every single day and like i said i do think that there's probably an inevitable federal bailout for some of these states uh for for covid and that's only going to add to that number um i don't know i i Maybe that's the reason why it's going up uh, right now, because they just know that there's going to be a federal bailout and that's going to uh, just drive the, the dollar down and, and alternatives up.
1: Uh, I think what you're looking at more than likely, and, and this is another way that you can massage data. So we all look at, well, what's the GDP? Well, they've they've changed how we measure the GDP and nobody knows. We changed it. Uh, we've changed it like every presidency now about how we measure it so that it can look better and people don't want to get into the into the weeds, which I understand because it's very complicated and it's hard to understand all of this. But this is where some of us look at the stuff that the politicians and the bureaucrats and the supposed smartest people in the room keep doing. Fed chairman to economic advisors to presidents and congressmen and senators and everything else. They're either idiots or they don't care. I, there's not really another explanation. These are not people that deserve your full blind faith, and trust. I don't care about party. I don't care about position. I don't care about any of it. Don't give these people your full, blind faith and trust. If they were worthy of your full, blind faith and trust, the crisis after the 99 stock uh, crash caused by the dot-com bubble wouldn't have happened. The real estate market crash of 2008, 2009 wouldn't have happened. And the next one where the government is some point, I don't want to say definitively, more than likely going to default on its debt at some point yeah bond
0: bond problem a bond collapses
1: it's at this point i don't know how it doesn't have 27 trillion dollars in debt and it's just going to get we're, we're going to be at 30 by the end
0: of next year and we owe most of it to ourselves so it's just always weird well we owe 10 to the fed
1: we owe another three to the social security administration so that's great news all, all the right. social security administration funds are invested in u.s government bonds and a bond is nothing but an iou so they're a debt holder Pension funds, individual retirement accounts, individual investors, institutional investors—about seven trillions held by international companies. Six or seven. China only owns one trillion. Japan actually owns one point two five. Bold, bold move on their part to do yeah. that. So, when you start looking at how this is broken down. There's no easy way out of this, especially not – this is where some of us are objecting to state bailouts and all this other stuff and screaming you have to let the economy open because if you keep just having to send people money, which you absolutely have to do if you're going to make them not work, you have to send them money. The fallout and the long-term ramifications for this are going to be incomprehensible by today's standards. This is not some pie-in-the-sky fantasy. This is looking at how math works and going – this doesn't add up. There's no way around this. And if you look historically, look here's the the simple truth of our world, guys. No country has ever survived as the world's leading economic superpower forever. We are not going to be the exception. That day is going to come to an end, the same way it did for every other country that had assumed that role at one point. Same way that our car, our U.S. dollar will not remain the reserve currency for the entire world forever. Every country that has had that. Um, privilege or responsibility has lost it and it's gone to somebody else again you can think maybe we're the exception and we're the first ones that really figured out how to do it right history is not on your side it would it would indicate that we're doing the same exact stupid mistakes that all these other societies and countries did why do we think the results are going to be different
0: yeah i well just because they they want them to be so
1: Oh, cool. Why didn't you that's, say so? We want it to that's, be. That's, that's oh. the reason. So well, thank God. I thought it was going to be just a oh, wing and a prayer. No. Yeah. Well, listen, it's as good as any of the other data we're seeing these days that passes for science. What the hell? That can pass for economics.
0: All right. Mr. Huesong, um I do want to let, I, I've been efforting trying to get a uh, Bitcoin slash crypto expert for the show. I think Love I may it. have done that, so I don't know if it'll be next week or the week after, but I'm hoping to have a uh, Bitcoin specific show. Um, we'll surely keep, uh, our eyes and ears, uh, on the election results and see if anything, uh, noteworthy happens there, which I, again, I think as soon as it gets in the courts, we'll, we'll see the end result there at the Supreme court. Um, anything else, Mr. Husong, you would like to leave the audience with any words of enlightenment for the week? I don't know if it's
1: enlightenment. It's more of a plea. We live in a time that we are so, so lucky. We have literally, unfettered access to almost any information
0: unfettered i would argue against okay
1: my bad we have nearly un. we have great access to a ton of information from all over the world and throughout history you can go and see these scientific studies that the media are presenting to you in a certain way and you can just click on one more link and read the study yes they're boring yes they're dry but we have nearly unlimited access to all of this information from all over the world and nobody has any curiosity whatsoever we all just want to say, well, I saw it on this news organization and I trust them. Don't trust them. Go and read it for yourself. Worst case scenario, you spend 15 minutes out of your life reading something and you confirm for sure that you were right. That's the worst case scenario. Or it might start opening your eyes a little bit to, wow, all these people really are just trying to sell something and spend something. But I'm begging everybody, you have it out there. It's there. I don't care if Fox News or CBS or CNN is your preferred network. They all have an angle. They are all manipulating what they show you to get a desired result. You can watch them. But then go and look some stuff up because you'll be shocked at what you find and how dishonest these places and these companies actually are.
0: Yeah, so I think I've told everybody this, and I'll, I'll end it with this, but, like, I stopped watching my news. I I didn't trust myself to be able to actually filter through what they were trying to put into my brain. So I said, all right, screw it, I'll just stop watching it and read my news. Then I can parse the words, I can actually read them. Um, it takes a little bit longer. Yeah, you know, I it's, it's not as efficient as just uh, – Uh, reading a headline or a couple of two lines of the first paragraph of an article and kind of walking away and being like, there's my position, but it's, it's a, it's a, it's a more thorough position. Um, And you see kind of the garbage that's kind of put out there when you're away from it for a long time. And then when you go back to it just for, for fun. Oh, and you're like, oh my God, what is going on here? So, but people watch it every single day. And I would encourage everybody to stop watching your news, uh, read your news. Um, Listen, the, 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 let's
1: be fair. Even you and I have biases. We have, for we sure. have blind spots everybody and biases does. just like everybody else. We're trying to present a little different outlook on things to yeah. say, like, let's bring to light more of these things that people should know. That doesn't mean that we're 100% objective. We're not. Nobody can be. We're doing our best to try to be objective and pre- present all the information, but nobody's perfect at it. So I'm begging everybody, go and look stuff up. It's out there and it will shock you what we have so willingly accepted for so long. I mean it's eye-opening, and it, it, listen, at it, it times it's painful that you go, "Oh my God, how could this happen?" And the answer is simple, because nobody cares. Nobody's looking into it. You want to know why the national that's34 excuse me, 27 trillion dollars and going to be 30? It's not hard. It's because we as voters don't care. It's because we don't vote anybody out for spending. We vote people out when they try to cut something we like. It's the only time that we vote people out, and both parties realize that spending is not an issue that they will lose elections on. So it's exactly what they do is they just keep spending money. This is why we got to this position, because we all want to trust that these politicians and these media personnel like, well, if there was really a problem, they'd tell us.
0: Yeah, not too much.
1: No, no shot. They would not tell you.
0: No. That's all all I got for wisdom and enlightenment. Those are wise words. Um, On that note, Ladies and gentlemen, we will see you again next week. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Be sure to like, subscribe, share, follow, uh, spread the word about our show, and uh, try to grow our uh, little community to a a bigger uh, number here, I guess. So uh, on that note, we will see you all next week. Thanks again.